Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg, here to encourage you wherever you are in your healing journey. In each episode, I chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in for another amazing Grief and Rebirth podcast interview. Before we begin, I want to remind you that you can see the full show notes and all episodes on www ireneweinberg.com and make sure to follow us on social at at Irene S. Weinberg. I'm also loving all the feedback you've been sending me about the podcast. I want to start sharing some of your amazing stories of grief and rebirth live on the show. So if you email me your story at hello at ireneweinberg.com, I will share it on an upcoming show. We can surely help each other by sharing our own stories, and I want to hear from you. By the way, your story can be anonymous if you don't want your name out there. Our truly extraordinary guest today is Christine Carlson. Christine is the personification of Grief and Rebirth podcast mission to educate, enlighten, and present uplifting healing choices. She is a New York Times bestselling author, inspirational speaker, and leader in the field of transformation. Christine is also a coach, retreat leader, and teacher of online courses and workshops. Her mission and message are built upon the tenets of joyful and peaceful living, mindfulness and meditation, and self-discovery in the face of grief or transition. Christine has sold over 30 million copies of her books. Her message is so inspirational and influential that she has been featured on the Oprah Winfrey Show, the Today Show, Good Morning America, and The View. Christine, it truly is my pleasure to welcome you to Grief and Rebirth Podcast. Please begin what is going to be an amazing interview by sharing with our listeners what inspired you to begin your journey to wanting to serve others. Well, hello, Irene, and hello to all of your listeners. And I just want to say what an honor and a pleasure it is to be here on your podcast, Irene. Already, your spirit is so alive and just so breathtakingly beautiful that I'm excited to be here and um, and just thank you. Thank you for the work you're doing. I'm, I'm sure it's an incredible inspiration to this listeners ongoing. Um, to answer your question, you know, how did I begin my journey? Um, you know, I'm probably most known for my work with my late husband in the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff book series. Um, Richard and I had a, a long marriage 22-year marriage, 25 years. And um, about uh, 10 years into the anniversary of Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Richard was promoting another book. And he um, got on a plane to fly to New York to do some publicity. And on the descent of the flight, he died suddenly from a pulmonary embolism. I'm so sorry. 
Yeah. So it was, um, you know, people always say, well, was he ill? You know, not really. I mean, he, you know, had a few complaints the days before he died, but it was nothing that, you know, he was tired, you know, just some, some basic complaints. So it really wasn't a long illness or anything. It was quite sudden. And that really catapulted, um, you know, me and my daughters and his family and everybody that knew him, of course, onto the, um, the grief and rebirth path. I mean, that's what really started our journey. And I always say that, you know, when you lose somebody um, that you love, you know, you, there's a part of you um, and your life that dies with them. And there is a really rebirth. I love the name of your podcast because that in essence is the, the naming the journey, you know, that there is grief and yet the hope and the beauty of the journey is that there is rebirth. And if you do the healing work, if you, if you have the courage to go through your healing process, to not avoid it, to not try to set it aside for a later date, but as you go through it, we are geared toward healing and it is a journey. And that's why I named my current book from heartbreak to wholeness, because the rebirth part is very much about taking that broken heart, allowing that broken heart to heal and expand in love and rebirth into wholeness and into a new life. Did you use some of your own experiences of healing and rebirth in the book to guide people and, and inspire them? I did. So in essence, Irene, what I did was I, I sort of for the last um, 13 years, I've really been doing a lot of writing, a lot of speaking, a lot of teaching on resiliency and how to overcome change and transition, how to move through it and move into, um, you know, that ability to dream a new dream. I mean, I guess like, like many people, I'm kind of the consummate wounded healer. I've observed my own healing and I've um, healed beautifully. And so I've just shared how I've done it with other people. So this book is a nine chapter book. I don't want the nine chapters to be uh, missed because, you know, there's, nine months of conception of rebirth. And it, it, you know, this book was very much a download for me. Um, I um, had been writing and speaking for a long time and it was the 10th anniversary. And while many of my friends said, Oh, geez, don't write another book about grief and loss. You know, I was like, I have to, I have to write this book <laughs> because I wanted people to know that it really is a journey and that my book is a transformational journey in and of itself for anyone who's gone through anything. So it really walks you, it takes you down a step-by-step -step path to healing and takes you into what it means to be wholeness. What's beautiful about the book is that at the end of each chapter, there's what I call soul mantras because I'm a big proponent of meditation and guided meditation to take you inward on the inward journey. There is a list of questions that help somebody to write their own hero's journey. Because one of the things that I identified in the people that healed better versus bitter, I identified. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I identified that those people who healed better had really decided and chosen not to be a victim of the circumstances of loss and transition and change, but to instead stand in their journey 
accept it and to move through it as a hero would move through it. And, you know, that, that Joseph Campbell's archetypal work in the hero's journey is really powerful. It's, it's archetypal. It's in our DNA, but, but we have to make those choices along the way. And we have to see that with at certain points, we do have choices and our choice is not that these circumstances that we've faced are with us. That's already happened. Our choice is not that we can avoid that. Our choice is that we have and how we decide to move forward. And that's what From Heartbreak to Wholeness is the guide for, is how to move forward. And also how to, like you and I, you know, we had this great awakening from our from our, you know, horrible circumstance, but why do some people have that? And why do others not have that? You know, and I think that everyone can have an awakening, but some people are more primed for that awakening. And this book will definitely prime you to be awakened in life. And and I always say, geez, you know, if you got to go through this suffering and this misery and these horrible times, let's just pray and hope and know that they are um, grist for the soul, that our soul is calling to develop, to grow, to um, be present in this life for all of it, not just the joy, but also the other stuff, the stuff that causes us to feel, the stuff that makes us feel alive when you have these brushes with death, whether it's yours or someone else's, the end result or the result of awakening is that you actually feel more alive. Like one of the things that um, what I realized really early on was that my husband's death breathed new life into me. And it was because it woke me up, you know, and that's what death does. When somebody we love dies, it reminds us how precious this time is and that we have to make the most of it because ours is going to be over that fast too. I can completely relate. That is like you're, you're, we're sisters in the same truth. It's wonderful. What is this online course you have called What Now? That sounds like something that would be so helpful to people. And where do you have it? And, and, it's, and how often do you have it? Tell us all about that. So a What Now is an online course that can be purchased as an online course. Um, but the way I really um, utilize What Now in the course is I, I have a retreat. And I do this retreat three times a year for only 10 participants. And we, um, we use the course as a bouncing off platform for the retreat. So if you come on the retreat, you have to do the course. So I usually offer the retreat and give the course, but somebody can also do it the reverse. If they want to do the course first, then they can go on the retreat. But it is to lead people through that corridor of change and transition to help inspire you to dream a new dream. And it's for people who are have faced some kind of devastating change and transition. Now that could be the empty nester or it could yes. be somebody that has gone through loss. It could be somebody who's gone through breast cancer. It's anybody who faces something that where their identity is in crisis after. And, you know, our, our identity goes through crises throughout our lifetime. You know, our lives shift. We suddenly don't know who we are for a time. This course is perfect for you to take a deep dive into you. It's a very, very deep dive. It has a 137-page workbook. It's... It's a very deep dive. It's basically um, six audio course 
work with a workbook and and then there's the retreat that you're qualified to go on once you've um you know done the first three calls of that course so that sounds so helpful for a person who is struggling uh to move through and to get support and guidance and, and learn it's marvelous christine we're going to take a break to allow a minute for our sponsors who keep this podcast free for our listeners. We'll be right back. We're back. Thanks for tuning in to my very inspiring interview today with Christine Carlson. Let's continue on with this question. Christine, you are a teacher in the areas that matter most to the human heart, how to heal and how to love. I'm sure you have many inspiring stories. Can't wait to hear them. Can you briefly share a few with our listeners? Sure, Irene. I mean, um, probably one of the most profound stories I'd love to share with you is one that where I want to, the point of it is that um, I feel that we are held in grace when we are going through loss. And especially when we show up in a way that invokes grace, you know, if you can, surrender to the healing process and learn how to allow your feelings to be present, to be present with your feelings. Um, I call it feel the heal, you know, just allow yourself the, the, the space and the time to heal and also um, becoming very present moment oriented. Um, I think that there's nothing quite like grief to bring us into what is truly mindfulness. Now, I describe mindfulness as our ability to be present in our bodies in a kind and loving, compassionate way with ourselves and others. That, to me, is at the very heart of what mindfulness is. And I think there's nothing quite like um, heartbreak to bring us into a place in ourselves where we're very present with what we need. We're very mindful of what it is that um, that can come into our path. Well, one such story of true mindfulness and presence for me happened about um, two years after my husband died. My girls and I were um, flying back from Eugene, Oregon on a very small commuter flight. It was a 50-passenger plane. We'd been to visit my parents, and it was just after the second anniversary of Richard's death. Um, we got to the airport, and as we went up to the ticket counter and to the ticket agent, he um, looked at us and he said, um, do you realize you're not seated together? And I said, oh, you know, it's a short flight. You know, my girls were in high school. It doesn't matter. And he said, oh, you know, it matters to me. He took it upon himself to arrange our seats so that we were seated together. How nice. And then, so we went out, you know, went and boarded our flight. And it, like I said, it was a very small plane, 50 seats. And the girls were in the um, window in the aisle and I was in the aisle and the seat next to me was open. Well, this man walks up to sit down. And when he stands in front of us, my girls start laughing, which was really odd. And I got this chill just run up and down my spine. And it was a really weird feeling. And I was like, whoa, what? whoa, you know, I just had this, something just happened. And of course I got up, let him sit down and I really wanted to talk to him. Well, as the thing took off, he pulled his laptop out and he was working. So of course I quieted down. I didn't try to engage him in conversation. And then as soon as he put his um, laptop away, about 40 minutes later on the descent, 
I just still felt this really strong urge to talk to him. And so I said, oh, hey, you know, is it a work day for you? And he said, oh, yeah, you know, I'm really sorry. I would have loved to have chatted. I have a meeting this afternoon. And I, and he, and I said, what about you? I know you have your computer with you. And, and I said, well, yeah, um, every day is technically work day for me. I'm a writer. So I just keep my computer with me because I never know when I might need to write. And he said, oh, are you a published writer? And I said, yeah. And he goes, anything I might know of. And I said, well, you might be most familiar with my late husband's work. Dr. Richard Carlson, he wrote, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And the man sat back and he, he, he kind of shook his head and he looked, he, he just looked upset. And I said, wow, what, what, you know, like, what, did you know him? And he said, no, I, I didn't know him. And, and he goes, um, I know him. I know of him. And I just said, what, you know, and he said, well, did he die on a flight to JFK a little over two years ago? And I said, yes, he did. How did you know that? He said, I was seated directly behind him on that flight. Oh my God. To assist the crew in lifting his body out of the seat. And, you know, he said, I always wanted to tell you that your husband died peacefully. He had a peaceful look on his face and... I always want to tell you, and I just burst into tears. And I said, what are the chances of this? And he said, there are no chances. That's and, amazing. Yeah. And there are no accidents. No. And I, you know, it's, it's just like such a story of grace. And it also, I think is such a story of, of course, my husband was present for that. Of course, the, the orchestration of the seats, you know, the, the, the man at the ticket counter who had to receive the strong message to re- reconfigure our seating for me to be seated next to that man for me to have that strong feeling for my girls to giggle they felt their father I think you know for us to have all that happen and then for me to be driven to that conversation and it was just a miracle you know it was just a true miracle and I have to say you know I've been really blessed by having these these kismet kind of miracles happen throughout my entire life. And, and, you know, it's always just told me that grace is present, that if I'm present and I'm tuned in and I'm mindful and I'm aware that that's, that's what's going to happen. I'm going to notice these things. I'm going to notice the feelings. I'm going to follow the feelings, you know, and see, these are at the very heart of what it means to awaken and to arrive to a place of wholeness and love and to be able to accept that kind of love and invoke that kind of love um, is, is really powerful. And that's, that's, those are the kinds of things I really want people to all feel in their lives, especially as they're going through, you know, a horrible time in their life of loss. I can so identify with what you're saying, Christine, because I had the same experience as our listeners know, and it's amazing how freeing it is once you get past the the pain and you are healing it's 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 it people it can't understand it i'm such a happy person and so many people and so many are walking around holding on to their suffering and when you heal you can take the lessons you can keep the beauty of it but you can move forward and you're in a way empowered and free 
Absolutely. I mean, that's at the very essence of what I call wholeness and, you know, returning to what I like to say is a love affair with your life. You know, that when you're engaged in your life and you are just excited and you're, you know, and you have this high level of intimacy with your own life and your relationship to spirit, your relationship to yourself. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's beyond what you could even ask for in a relationship with another person. You know, it's, that becomes icing on the cake if you have that. And, but, but when you can return to the sense of who you really are, which I think is at the very beautiful, um, heart lesson of what it means to be heartbroken, you know, that your heart breaks open and you can become more of who you are um, if you if you're tuned into your own healing. That's absolutely true. I couldn't agree more. And I want to ask you, you talk about meditation. There are a lot of people listening to this podcast today are like, what is this big deal about meditation? I hear meditation all the time. What is it? What does it do? And how do I how does it help us to heal? And how do I find the right style? There's so many of them. How do I find the right song? How long am I supposed to sit and do this? Could you talk about that for us? Sure. In fact, I want to um, tell your listeners that you can go to from heartbreak to wholeness.com and download um, all of the soul mantra meditations that are in the back of each chapter. There's nine of them with beautiful music. It can be your entree to um, meditation. And, you know, if you go to Amazon and purchase the book, that's my gift to you. So it's about, um, It'll give you that entree to meditation that you might be looking for. I think that where you start is um, probably guided imagery meditation is the easiest place to start. The the miss. Let me just tell you the misconception about meditation, and that is that you have to sit and not think. Um, that that's the true misconception. Meditation is not about not thinking. It's about quieting the mind, focusing on the breath. Um, Doing a mantra meditation is much easier than just trying to be completely still, you know, and I think once you learn that you don't, your mind is naturally going to move to thought, that's just natural. And you don't, you don't have the anxiety about that you're doing it wrong. You know, there is no wrong way to do it. It's really about tuning into your breath, quieting down. And um, I like to teach the golden pause too. So there's, there's this golden pause I do all the time in my, my own podcast and my own work. And it just teaches people to just pause for a few minutes, be in gratitude, be in their breath, and then, you know, step back out into the world with a, with a total different um, attitude, feeling more present, feeling more aligned, feeling more responsive to life instead of reactive. So meditation is great for somebody going through loss and grief because it helps you to tune in might help you tune into your grief where it's present in your body even you know that if if you're not crying enough or you're not allowing those feelings to come forward your body's going to tell you something your body's going to you know hurt somewhere and that's usually grief you know if you're coughing if your stomach hurts you know that's usually grief building up so you just can allow yourself to tune in allow those feelings to come forward sometimes just even laying down on the floor um in a spread eagle position and allowing your body to shake from its core, that's a great way to just find where that grief might be holding on. Let it come, you know, cry, scream, hit pillows, 
Don't be scared of it. Uh, you're you're going to get this blissful feeling at the end of that time that you allow it to come forward. You'll feel this sense of peace and calm that you're looking for. Your body will re reward you for doing it correctly. I don't think that many people understand how our emotions manifest in physical illness or can manifest in physical illness. So what you're talking about, about meditation, is a way of releasing your emotions that I believe create blocks in the body and keep us from moving forward. Yeah, and meditation has this way of, again, bringing you into a present moment living. You know, when you're present on your breath and you're constantly returning either to a mantra or your breath, you're, you're actually giving your brain a roadmap, a roadmap into the moment. And, and I love to think of it that way because our brains, our minds like to travel forward into the future and into the past. Well, the, both of those hold a lot of discomfort for people who are going through loss, you know, and going into the future is very fearful and going into the past has a lot of regret. So, um, you know, so just staying really present any way you can um, is really the key to experiencing, you know, as much joy as you can while you're going through this difficult time. And of course, a lot of people can never imagine that they could experience joy again, but it, just read Christine's book, everyone, and you'll find out how to do that and listen to this podcast. Um, how, when you're going to, this offer for you, for people to download the, um, to the meditations, meditations, could you please talk to they go online? Is there a charge for it? How does it work? Well, yeah. So what you do is um, you, we do ask that you buy the book and then you put your Amazon uh, receipt in, in there. Super simple. It'll lead you through. You just go to the website and it'll, it'll tell you how to do it. And then, there's, then you'll just be able to download them on your computer. You'll own them. So there's no charge, but, but I do ask you to purchase the book first. You'll want to have the book because they go with the chapters. So, Okay, that's good to know. And tell our readers the best ways, and I'm sure there are many, to connect with you and reach you. Yeah, thanks, Irene. Yeah, you can um, reach me at um, christinecarlson.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-C-A-R-L-S-O-N.com. And then I also um, have the website don'tsweat.com, but you'll probably want to reach me at christinecarlson.com. Great. And what is your message about the importance of healing that you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, probably the largest pivot um, that I've alluded to that you'll ever make in your healing is to choose um, not to be the victim, but to instead choose to be the hero of your own life story. And that, that is, in essence, um, the largest pivot that you'll make toward healing is to know that um, it may not be clear to you why this happened right now. It may never be clear why it happened to your life, but it is a choice to move forward. It is a choice to embrace the journey and, and to do what you need to do to heal. And that's what being the hero is. That's what being the hero does is you choose to live your life and you choose to um, move forward. And what is your tip, the Christine Carlson tip for finding joy in life? My gosh, I've already just told you, like my tip is just being really present for it, for all of it, you know, just staying 
very present in the present moment, um, really engaged, being super excited about anything. You know, I, I just met a widower. Um, I was speaking at a, a large conference for widows and widowers, and he was married 63 years and just lost his life partner and beautiful um, man in his eighties. And he, you know, very tall, beautiful statuesque man basically crumbled in my arms, just didn't know how I was going to get through each day. And I said, look, Harold, all you need to do every day is just think of one thing moment after moment to, to, live for just one small thing. It could be that you're excited about having, um, looking at a bird out the window. It could be anything, but just notice the things that you have to be grateful for and that you want to live for. And that's all you have to do. Follow those breadcrumbs. Those breadcrumbs will grow. And, and suddenly you will come to a day where you have a lot more that you want to live for, but it's going to take that you know, just find the smallest things right now, the smallest things. That is wonderful advice. And I want to thank you, Christine, so much for being on Grief and Rebirth podcast today. Your ability to move people and inspire them to be optimistic about their futures after the loss of a loved one is a true gift to all of us. I know many of our leader, pardon, I know many of our listeners are going to greatly benefit from reading your new book, From Heartbreak to Wholeness, The Hero's Journey to Joy. And here's a reminder, everyone, that you can see the full show notes and all Grief and Rebirth episodes on www.ireneweinberg.com. And make sure to follow us on social at, at Irene S. Weinberg. As I like to say, surely to be continued. Many blessings. Thanks, Christine. And bye for now.